From LibertyCast Studios and the Defenders of Capitalism Project, here's another capital idea from your host, Mike Williams. Mike Williams here, defender and champion of laissez-faire capitalism. Welcome back to My Capital Idea. This is Michael Williams with Mitch Whitus in studio. This is the Defenders of Capitalism Project, and we want to talk about gas bags. My title for this was going to be Gas Bags or Gas Stoves. You've got to choose. I don't know if that made any sense to you when you saw it, Mitch, when I proposed that, but... You know, I think with my generation, we're more used to wind bags. Wind bags versus gas. It was kind of making you know the political people who are trying to control our lives just kind of caricaturizing them as the big gas bags that they are, wind bags that they are. No, I think he did the right thing. My generation likes to talk about other kinds of bags as well. It's just very, very <laughs> disgusting. This is a much better title. But initially, I thought we'd talk about this sort of discussion regarding banning gas stoves. I don't know if you cook a lot, Mitch. I do. I've got an electric stove, though. I'm I'm in an apartment. Yeah. Um, you know, I <laughs> I had been hearing about this. And uh, I just kind of pushed it out of my mind because I thought, you know, this one isn't going to affect me much. Yeah. Every person I know, I'm I'm more of a chef than I ever have been. That's not saying a lot because I haven't really been a great cook all my life. Although I, I'm getting better, especially with grilling. I'm a pretty good griller. And I, I do appreciate the benefits of a gas stove. Everyone I know who's a really good cook much prefers gas to electric. And I think most restaurants who are... You know, really trying to to do the best job they they can with regard to making the best of the ingredients they have prefer gas stoves. So I thought it was really interesting when I saw this. You know that oh they're pro- proposing banning gas stoves and and they're not. They're making noises about it right now. But uh, you know the the issue is the federal government is talking about trying to potentially ban gas stoves. And why is it? I guess that they're they're saying that. Uh, there's the potential of risks and health hazards and more pollution from natural gas. Now, it's, I found it interesting that um, for a long time, the people who were most concerned about the environment, the environmentalist movement, was all pushing toward, you know, get rid of coal, get rid of, you know, all these different forms of energy. But we, we're advocates of clean natural gas. Clean natural gas is a good thing. And now that uh, we've basically killed the coal industry, um, People are attacking the next fossil fuel or carbon fuel natural gas. Um, But I was wondering what you thought of that. Yeah, I don't think it's right for government to do. Like I said, you know, at this point, it doesn't affect me just because I do like to cook, but I've mostly only ever really cooked with an electric stove. So maybe I don't know what I'm missing, it sounds like, Mike. Well, I think the biggest thing for for, uh, discerning chefs is that they can control the temperature more precisely and and therefore get the results that they want in their their, – they're cooking. Well, that's why we'll say all my foods come out disgusting. So I'm using electric. <laughs> that's right. You got to got to upgrade. Although you won't be able to now because there's some government bureaucrat who decided for you. So from a capitalist perspective, from a pro-freedom perspective, I thought we'd touch on this and maybe some other, you know, sort of tangential issues that are kind of environmental related or control regulatory related. But the the Consumer Product Safety Commissioner Richard Trumka Jr. was the one who made the fateful comments that day recently who said that since gas stoves pose a hazard to consumers' health, any option is on the table for regulating them, and products that can't be made safe can be banned. 
He didn't really elaborate on what he meant by safety. Every product out there has some risks. I think it's worth commenting about what we mean by capitalism here. Capitalism is that system that recognizes and protects the rights of individuals and their property in in a system where all property is privately held. So we obviously don't have capitalism, but capitalism means not having a regulatory regime like we do, where, where government bureaucrats can tell us what kind of products we can use. Um, obviously, if gas stoves were presenting a threat to the rights of individuals, then there would be a role for government. But in, in this case, I say that there's this is just a bunch of wind. This is a bunch of gas. So isn't that what they're saying, though, Mike, is that this is presenting a threat to individuals because there is a correlation to higher incidence of, I think, childhood asthma, maybe. Um, there's the potential that maybe some toxic chemicals leak from gas stoves when they're not on. So that's their argument, right, is that this does threaten human life. Well, and and that's the crucial point is that I'm not saying that a capitalist system is one that protects the safety of human life. It protects the rights of individuals, and that is consequentially oftentimes related to their safety. But there's no way a government can say, we're going to make the world safe for you. We're going to make the world safe in every respect for you. And I may be, uh, as an individual, saying, I am willing to take this kind of risk. I don't care what my government says. You know, this goes back to, should I be able to drink a 32-ounce Coca-Cola and all the sugar that's in that? Or should I be able to uh, smoke marijuana? Or should, should I be able to smoke cigarettes? Should the government tell me what is good or not good for my health? Now, are there industries out there that pose a risk to our health that we want to buy things from? Well, there are. And the question is whether we have the freedom to do that. The regulatory regime... That, that we're talking about today, and again, this is not capitalism, but we're, where we have a Consumer Product Safety Commission who decides for us what kind of risks we can or can't take. Um, that's what we call preventive law. And in my view, it's reversing the whole idea of innocent until proven guilty. A company can make a product without violating your rights, but maybe is a threat to your health and you get to decide. Now, obviously, if they're hiding that fact, if, if let's say there's a, a company who makes gas stoves and they're telling you, hey, there's no problem when they know there is a problem, then that's fraud. And then the government has a role. But the government does not have any role in telling you what kind of stove you can cook on. Now, it's interesting that 40% of all U.S. homes right now have gas stoves in them. And this is why I believe it was quickly walked back. There's a lot of people out there who are using gas to cook their food. Quickly, the Biden administration realized that, oh, well, this is not going to be politically tenable because there's a lot of people who like these these kinds of devices and like to cook this way. Uh, but it is sort of floating the gas balloon or floating the, floating the little uh, flyer out there saying, well, we may decide to, to ban these in the future. And they did walk back the whole issue of, oh, we're not going to ban all gas stoves, but new. And this is what oftentimes what they'll do. They'll say, okay, you know, you're kind of grandfathered. If you got a, if you got a gas stove, then you can keep it. But we're, any new stoves that are manufactured, we're going to regulate or ban them if they, if they use gas that way. It's interesting to watch Senator Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, chimed in on this. And I think, you know, his comments were appropriate. You know, he said, this is a recipe for disaster. The federal government has no business telling American families how to cook their dinner. Well, is that really true? Does he really believe that? I think he does in this context, but do enough of our senators really believe that in a full, in the full meaning of what, what he's saying there? Does the federal government have no business? Well, in a free society, they have no business telling Americans how to cook their dinner. 
again, with a caveat that there's no violation of rights. So a lot of the right-wing sounding echo chamber really jumped on this, and I think rightly so. And again, that's why it was walked back. The president was quick to say, you know, he doesn't support banning gas stoves and the Consumer Product Safety Commission. And the article I read was, you know, saying that that's an independent organization. Well, that's that's a farce in the first place. I mean, every one of these regulatory alphabet soup agencies ends up being a tool for the uh, administrative state and usually for the administration that they're serving. But you're right. There are researchers out there that saying there's a health threat. Now, where is that research coming from? This is a whole other objection I have to the way our government is funded and our research is done. I call it GGBS. I don't know if you've ever heard me use that acronym before. I haven't. I mean, do I want to know what it means, Mike? I think you do want to know what it means. GGBS just means government grant-based science. Okay. So when we talk about any of the number of legitimate issues that people bring up about safety, about the environment, I think it's worthwhile saying, where is that research coming from? And what are their incentives? So if all the money, and now it's proven that 90 plus percent of all fundamental research that's done in the U.S. is done through universities who are getting government grants to do that research. Do they have incentives? And do those incentives matter in terms of what they say the results of their research are? I'm not saying that there is no health threat to gas stoves. I don't know. I would be very surprised that it's, if it's really substantial. And you always have to ask, what about the alternative? People have been cooking with wood. They've been cooking with animal dung for centuries. And yeah, so that's my preferred cooking method, Mike. <laughs> and so is, is natural gas and the stoves that we've come up with better than the alternatives? What's the best way to heat food? Now, again, this may be a, a, another part of the movement to say, well, all the things that you're heating, you shouldn't be eating in the first place. You know, do you like your, you like to cook on the gra- gas grill and or the gas stove, and those things that are, ter- you know, taste great, coming from that method of cooking are really things we don't want you to cook in the first place. You know, we don't want you eating beef, or we don't, we don't want you eating animals. We want you to, you know, to change your diet in the first place. And this is again, potentially lots of social engineering on the part of our government. And it's done oftentimes, as I said, through government grant-based science. You know, there's money that's extracted from taxpayers, funneled through a government system, and then returned to universities or research organizations to come up with certain conclusions. And I think, you, you know, a person has to say, well, where, what's the source? What, what are the incentives? Why are they saying it? Just as someone would need to say, well, the tobacco industry was telling us how great their product was for our health. I don't know. You're you're a young young person. You probably may not even remember this, but but there were there were commercials and advertisements, who, and even physicians who were saying, you know, smoking is good for you. Well, someone should say, okay, where did that research come from? If the research came from the tobacco industry itself, maybe I should question it. Yeah, that was before my time, Mike. But my point is, it's it's healthy for anyone to to say where. Is this statement and this conclusion coming from what are the incentives involved in the first place? Private industry does have incentives to make profits, not that they want to kill their customers, whether they're purveyors of tobacco or gas stoves. They do have incentives in place to increase their profits. But government, government bureaucracies and research bureaucracies at publicly funded universities also have their own set of incentives and people should be questioning those. 
And it's not just entirely theoretical, this this gas stove ban, right? Because certain states and metropolitan areas have considered or are considering a ban, right? Absolutely. They're talking about a ban on, uh, you know, originally it was just gas stoves and now they're talking about new gas stove products. And I wouldn't be surprised over the coming years that they will attempt to do that. Uh, there, there are certainly some states who have already, already put into uh, place those kinds of things. You know, there's examples in Berkeley or San Francisco, New York, that they're looking to to ban such gas hookups on new construction going into the next few years. Now, is there anything else? We know that a lot of news and from right-leaning organizations, a lot of right-leaning figures, they've come out and said, no, this isn't right. Have we seen any legislative impact, uh, anything on the state level to try to preempt a possible gas stove ban? There have been. Evidently, and this is, goes back to the red state, blue state thing, you know, these these legislatures just jump in. And, and again, I think it's probably anti-reason, anti-science, anti-research in the first place. But there are certainly a number of uh, states, 20 states with uh, Republican-controlled legislatures that have now passed preemption laws. And this is like the trend, uh, you know, that if, if a state is run by a left-leaning Democratic legislature, then they are coming up with all kinds of things to say, here, we're going to preemptively put a law into place that says, no matter what the Supreme Court does, or no no matter what the federal Congress does, here's what we're going to do in Colorado, or here's what we're going to do in whatever state. But 20 states have actually put into place uh, or passed preemption laws that prohibit the ban of natural gas in the first place. So the political battles go on. And again, I, I, I would probably be in favor of letting people decide themselves. So there are these examples of right-leaning states, Republican-led legislatures who are doing these preemptions. And I am, to the degree that they're structuring such laws to say, wait, no, the government doesn't have a role here, and we're going to allow our citizens to have more freedom and to choose what kind of stoves we cook on, uh, I'm in favor of that. I think that's pro-freedom, pro-capitalism. I'd have to read any specific bill or state law because they have a tendency to pile in a bunch of other things and controls otherwise and use the force of government to incentivize other behavior. But a capitalist should be thinking about these these issues about whether someone has the freedom to choose how they live their lives. And, you know, obviously there's lots of other examples and much of it is animated by people's fear. We've talked before about fear-mongering on the right, fear-mongering on the left. Much of the fear-mongering that happens on the left is from these uh, environmentally concerned organizations who feed on people's fear of either being unsafe or harmful to the environment or doing something against animals. I mean, we've seen in Colorado recently the cage-free eggs and what that's done to the egg industry. Um, I don't know if you have an opinion about that, Mitch, but I think that's ridiculous that our government's telling us that we can't buy eggs. I think it's made the price of eggs go up quite a bit. Yeah, it's fueling more inflation in food because eggs are a crucial ingredient in lots of different foods. And, you know, if you're like me, you like eggs anyway. Um, So that's costing me more for my breakfast. You know, you mentioned before we came on here the 10-cent bag Speaking of bags and windbags. Yeah, 10-cent bags. The 10-cent bag fee. I don't know that I know the details on that one. I do know that I'm already paying for, uh, you know, if I go to a grocery store, um, I'm having to pay for bags. This is, again, I think animated by the environmental movement saying that we are, you know, the plastic bags are not good for us or even the paper bags. I think I pay for, uh, it doesn't matter what bag I use. Yeah, if it's a single-use bag, paper or plastic, you've got to pay for it. So it's... 
just recently, as of January 1st, came into effect here in Colorado. Yeah. So that means they want me to bring my pillowcase or or some cloth bag or some re, you know reusable bag, right? right? That's the whole point. Is that that's the point? We're wasting resources and uh, it's causing. Well, and the fear is that the plastic degrades and they're finding these microplastics all over the environment. And so then, are we eventually eating these microplastics? What is that doing to our health? I think that's part of the argument right, as well. Right, right. So again, it's it's uh, government intruding into our lives, telling us how to live. Um, I, I think there's going to be a recognition on the whole grocery bag thing of people realizing there's perhaps, I don't know this for a fact, but perhaps as many problems or consequences, unforeseen consequences of using um, maybe less than sanitary <laughs> reused bags for my groceries. Many people have brought this up, but it's not the trend. Right now, the trend is to say, you know, you've got to quit using plastic and paper and reuse uh, some kind of cloth or other kind of fabric bag. We're seeing this left and right. Again, it's part of the control-oriented regulatory regime and it's anti-capitalism, anti-freedom, and will probably have uh, many negative consequences, not only in higher costs for products and services and you know, the inflation that we're seeing, but also many other unforeseen consequences. And any person who's for freedom should be anti-bans, anti-government intrusion in our lives. What do you think about that, Mitch? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Is there uh, anybody that uh, has been talking about these these gas stoves or bag bands or anybody who's kind of uh, interesting to to listen to? <laughs> There's always uh, interesting characters out there. I think you might be asking about, I, I had made a note beforehand uh, to mention, there's the example uh, that's been now sort of almost ubiquitous in our lives is the control of our showers and our faucets and our toilets in the name of saving water. There's an author, and I don't always agree with him. There's an author who I know personally uh, a little bit. I've met him at a number of conferences. And I think you have as well, Mitch. Uh, his name's Jeffrey Tucker. He has uh, a book called uh, Bourbon for Breakfast that catalogs a lot of these examples. He, he's, he spends a lot of time on the showerhead thing that we used to be able to ha take a shower and have good water pressure and, and be able to really enjoy the the soak, but now we have governments who decide how much water can be released from your shower head. He calls it the bureaucrat in your shower. Th there's a lot of commentary about that, humorous oftentimes, but but also serious in terms of the intrusion into our lives of someone saying, we know better than you do. Here's how much water you're going to take that shower with. Here's how much water you can use to flush your toilet. Here's how much plastic you can consume or paper you can consume in your carrying of your groceries. This is all part of the status trend. It's it's depressing, but it's not terminal. And defenders of freedom and capitalism should be fighting it. And hopefully we're giving you fuel to fight that in a more effective way. Thanks, Mike. This episode has been a gas. <laughs> no more comments about that. I appreciate you listening. Hopefully you'll uh, share these episodes. Give us suggestions on what you want to hear us talk about. We're always open to defending and championing the only moral system on earth. That's capitalism in applying it to issues of the day or concretes that people may have not thought about. Please send us your suggestions. Keep listening. Thank you. And we'll sign off for now. Thank you. Thank you.